Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Welcome along. Monday, 8 p.m. And the gang is back together. It is the Online Dance Live Lounge. Me, Phil Bars, Jack Garwood and Lee Boyce. We all return tonight. Gentlemen, it's been a while. How are we all? We're good, mate. Apparently, you didn't get the memo. What on earth are you wearing? Mr. Bars, letting the side down. It'll do. <laughs> I've gone for the um, <laughs> just the casual look, you know. I like how you didn't even try and sneak the word smart in before that. It's just casual. No, no just, just, just casual tonight, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just checking well, my phone. Definitely I'm, ca- I'm on a it's definitely casual, did you know? Uh, definitely casual, did you know the shorts and flip-flops are on lower down? So definitely not oh, smart casual. Yeah, I've seen them all in the kitchen already before the show started. They're definitely on. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I am in shorts and sliders myself. Because <laughs> uh, all oh, yeah. is well and truly on the way, so we'll make the most of it. Um, welcome along chat room as well. Nice and busy as Always great to have you all along. Uh, Lendl, Daniel, how are we doing? It's Gallagher Rose, of course. Um, Kevin, how are we doing? Alex, Andrew, James, uh, Jody, Harry, Max, Tommy. Welcome aboard, everyone. It's, uh, it's going to be a busy two hours, but first of all, apologies. You're going to be stuck with us for most of the show like this. It's been manic. And when I say manic, we have been literally rushed off our feet for the last three days. So there's no slides or anything. Um, we're just going to chat darting nonsense for a couple of hours. Um, it's been a busy, busy weekend, shall we say, boys? Yeah, it's yes. uh, a, a busy weekend and they continue now until the end of the year. Unless you've got a different calendar to me. It doesn't look like it's going to stop until uh, until the new year. No, no, not a chance. Um, again, <laughs> chat room, hope you had a good weekend. Get your darting weekend memories in. What did you get up to? Um, let us all know. 
Um, but it was nice. And, um, we had some ranking action boys return. None, none of the expo yeah, stuff is running. Get, get some of those rankers in, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great time for Toker um, when he was just mopping up everything, just going, Yeah, I just want the ranking points. And he couldn't give a crap about ranking points. He was obviously warned to be more approachable for the tour. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but now he's gone the other way. He pulls out of events, jets off on holidays, then go on, then does a Gezi and has an Instagram live rant telling everyone he's bigger than Snooker. Well, you know. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, if, 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 Gezi, if Gezi did that, if Gezi pulled out of the European Championships, went on holiday and did an Instagram rant saying he was bigger than Darts, you'd be all over it. Yeah, because he's not bigger than Darts. Ronnie is bigger than Snooker. There's a big difference. <laughs> we wouldn't hear the end of it. <laughs> um, again, uh, we've just shared some links on social media, so make sure you give us um, a follow, make, give us a thumbs up because it does brilliant for the analytics and share the links all around. Uh, Mace is in from his hotel. Seen a lot of him over the last few days. That's part of the reason why we've got no slides and I think because it's just been absolutely non-stop. We will come on to the Super Series shortly because it has landed, boys. But first of all, we'll go straight into um, PDC ranking action. Um, the World Series is done and dusted. And before we get on to the actual darts themselves, although Joe Cullen won it, there was a distinct jet lag factor to everyone that went to Australia and New Zealand. And in fairness... Joe didn't play well either until the semi-finals. Um, he was certainly in that bracket, but got away with it early on. The, um, the, the World Series folks just didn't look themselves. Yeah, I think you're bang on. And we've seen this issue multiple times in years gone by in the lead-up to the World Match Play. And look, whilst it's only affecting yeah. a, a European tour event rather than the world match play, is is much better for the players. It is still clearly an issue that three weeks down under, hop in between place to place. You don't drive anywhere in Australia. You fly. You fly to New Zealand. You fly back. You have 48 hours at home maximum where you try and get your sleeping pan back and then you're straight on a flight again to Hungary. Like, look. They're being paid, and they're being paid very, very well for it. And like, oh, don't complain. There are people out there. They're professional athletes. They should be given every opportunity to go and compete at their best level. Because, look, the PDC are going to constantly pick players based off how they think they're going to sell tickets. Players losing in the first round, not a good idea. So, yeah. Starting already. Yeah. <laughs> He's off. We put 50 feet in the meter, and away we go. <laughs> um, coffee's back. Um, the other thing as well um, it looked as if at the start of play on Friday we had a full quota European tour and then right at the last minute we had a couple of dropouts that one of them I can totally understand and I really hope Roby John's daughter is, is okay after surgery and can fully understand why he chose not to travel and, and, and why it was late as well, because the operation was only on Thursday. He wanted to see how it was and whatever. Completely understand that. Um, and then Gezi at the last minute decided, 
not to go and go to the Greyhounds instead and watch his dog win win the Welsh Derby, was it? <laughs> How much more are you putting in that meter to start him off? <laughs> Maybe he's just bigger yeah, than Dark. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Joe? Sorry, looking at results this weekend, it probably wasn't a bad move. I know the timing wasn't great, and I'm not a fan of someone dropping out on the Friday unless it's unforeseen circumstances or what we saw probably with Roby. But you know what, it probably wasn't a bad move having the weekend off because if you'd have done like the rest of the, or the majority of the players, it would have been a bit of a pointless visit other than the couple of rand that are there. So it might not be a or bad move. Or, or, or the yeah. night out of yeah. Budapest is, is good. Look, with costs yeah, to sure fly around at the minute as well, he's probably saved himself some cash if you get an early exit. Especially if you go out early, you don't get any ranking money either. Like, let's not forget, as a seed, you have to win that first game for it to contribute to that. Yeah. So, look, I, I highly doubt Gerwin Price is desperate for the cash. He's safe for European championships. I expect he'll gear up his workload over the next few weeks again. Um, I'm, I'm just with you, Lee. If, if you knew that was going to happen, then pull out earlier and get a replacement in. And I'm sure as well I to add think... to the... I know, I know he doesn't need the money, Dob, but I'm sure he had a nice little winner on Saturday as well, as the picture suggested on his <laughs> Instagram. So I don't think there was a money issue there. <laughs> I don't actually follow Gezi on Instagram. I just never miss a post because it's just everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to follow Gezi on Instagram. No, because as soon as he posts, it's on Twitter anyway because someone screenshotted it yeah. and, and, and put it out there. Um, evening, Philip. Someone using the same eye emojis going. <laughs> Um, and welcome along, Mike. How are we all doing? Uh, right, we're not going to bash through every first-round game because we'll be here forever. We're going to scan over what we consider to be the, the, the biggest or the um, or a freak result here and there. What we think. First of all, there's a couple that stand out for me. What a weekend for Ryan Meikle when he kicks it all off by being Gabriel Clemens, 6-4. And great for Meikle, but the German giant... Boise is in a little bit of bother right now. The, the, the wins aren't as frequent yeah. and he's just struggling a little bit. Yeah, he's one we've spoken about before over the, the last few months. Um, something just on missing. There was a time where he was by and far German number one and there wasn't much really talked about since the drop off of Matt Harp. But now that you know, there's a lot of talk about Martin Schindler coming through. Um, and Clemens, I don't know if there's been some sort of... Well, I still delve back to November at the Grand Slam. I'm still not sure we've seen anything worth note of Clemens when since that. When he got sherrocked. When he got sherrocked. Um, 2022 just hasn't been a good year for Clemens. In regards to what he can do, yes, there's been the odd result here and there. But generally, it's just been a, a disappointing year. And Ryan Meikle... Yeah, impressive win, but not really a surprise with, like says, how Clemens has played. No, agreed. Um, another one, Gob, which is the immediate under in the draw bracket. After Lakeside, I was expecting a little bit more. 
Tricol got to the WDF final. He's not really kicked on since. Losing to Sedlicek. Look, losing to Sedlicek is, is no blot on his career because Sedlicek can play. It's more the manner of the performances that haven't we haven't seen from Tricol since Lakeside. Yeah, look, I think that might be a number of things. I, th- I think what we're seeing from Tricol is not identical. I think there is a slight difference in ability, perhaps, and, and ceiling and potential, but I think it's very, very similar to what we're seeing from Diego Portella in that the weight of carrying that entire country still tipped out in hopes in the PDC and trying to forge a name for yourself whilst growing the sport in your country, because that's effectively what they've been tasked to do, is incredibly difficult. And sometimes you're not, you are not you can't play your best game all year round. It's just impossible. You're going to have ups and downs, but it's perhaps more noticeable when you, when you are as high profile and effectively the only player from that country that people will recognise. Look, there are a couple of the French players floating about, but if anybody mentions darts and France in the same sentence, everybody knows Chacol. You yeah. mentioned Brazilian dart. I bet you two would struggle to name me his partners. Bob. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. And, and that pressure can't be easy to go around when you're travelling to Hungary, when you're, when you're out of your home country, etc. So not only is he carrying the expectation and, and trying to grow that game and do something special every time he gets up on stage... There's a big difference between playing wherever and doing it for your dinner in front of a TV camera. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. Um, Stephen Bunting was fabulous beating Callum Ridge. Callum didn't play too badly, but Bunting was sensational. Um, I'm going to touch on Daryl Gurney here in two parts. Round one, he averages 105. 6-1 6-1 winner over Nathan from Rafferty. But the drop-off between round one and round two is absolutely ridiculous, Boise. So, say, he's averaged 105-30 and then 86-84. That's not just a slight dip. That's dropping off of a cliff. Yeah, it seemed like because he was playing someone who obviously is quite close to in Nathan from Rafferty that he built himself up and put in an outstanding performance on Friday where many people would have expected this to be closer. The drop then on Saturday is very, very worrying because we know that Daryl Durnington hit the odds. He's two-time TV champion and you don't have that if you're, if you're not a, a top, top player. But it is worrying his form where he can, obviously he can still find that A game, but just not as consistent and probably more worrying is that B game just seems to have totally disappeared from Durney and if we don't see him play well, he seems to be having early losses and not just on Euro Tour and TV events, but actually on Pro Tours as well. So it's a big time for Daryl Durning the back end of this year because that consistency just isn't there at the moment. But we know he's a player who can bring that day and he can find that run sort of from nowhere. So, But he needs a big run soon just to get that confidence back up, even if it is, like says, a Euro Tour or a Pro Tour. Then to the back end of a tournament would be huge for Daryl. There's, there's worrying signs oh. at the moment. Yeah, the Joker is in the house. Evening, John. Hope you are good. Hello, Mark. How are we doing? Uh, any others of round one stand out or leap off before we move into round two? Um, I don't know about him anyway. 
Luke one was steady. Chisnell looked good. I guess overall, there's a discussion to be had on the strength or lack of strength in the Hungarian players. Like I know it's not the most established darting nation in the world. The fans clearly love it. It, it looked like it was well attended throughout the weekend. A lot of the hope seems to be pinned on Janis Vagso, who didn't play the best. Simon Whitlock played pretty steady as well. Um, but they just seem to be that little bit further behind pretty much every European country that we, we have darts in behind the Nordic and Baltic regions, the Dutch, the Germans, even the Belgians seem to just have that little yep. bit more quality and strength in depth. And they're really missing that that number one to take them further. I suppose the other surprise is that Patrick Kovacs is Hungarian, isn't he? Did he not qualify? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is Hungarian. Yeah, Lendl. He didn't <coughs> qualify. We just checked. He didn't qualify last year either for it. Did he not? Did they not go? Lendl and Benner in the chat room. No, no more than we do. Didn't pay attention to the qualifiers. But yeah, look, um, when you're missing those players as well that can go and make a statement and beat somebody and, and make that little bit of local news that encourages other people to go as well, at the minute it's, oh, they held an event here and we got spanked. Uh, moving into round two, we'll start at the top again, draw bracket order. Um, the streak continues. It's not quite the undertaker at WrestleMania just yet, but Simon Whitlock is finding a way to keep beating Michael Van Gerwen on a stage right now. Yeah, there's just... There's, does MVG want it a bit too much when he's playing Simon? There was just signs in that that you just you just felt that Whitlock had him and was comfortable throughout. Um, even when MVG had the lead early on, there was still just part of it that just made me think that Simon was going to get over the line. Um, so it, there's certainly worrying signs of Michael when he's playing Simon. But falling to what you said at the start of it before we even come into the Euro Tour, still that bit of... Uh, Jet lad, maybe with some of these players, and that could have been seen in my thoughts as the performance just wasn't there. But for me, it's just sort of a one off. If we're still seeing this over the next month or two, I still think at the moment he's, he's the player to beat when we come to the next big TV event. Yeah, look, let's not beat around the bush. The game was shit. Oh, it was terrible. But Whitlock's come out. Let's not and, beat around the bush. It was, it and, was awful. And, yeah, and just for it to be that sort of name is why throughout I was just thinking this is this is Simon's. Because if someone was going to sort of strap to that sort of win with the current record, it was going to be the Wizard. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. It was uh, it wasn't a great game by any stretch. Uh, Do you think there's that yeah. inevitability about it as well in Michael's head? You know when Michael had that ridiculous unbeaten last leg decider streak on the Euro Tour and whatever, and every time. It don't matter what he starts off with. The minute he hits a two-treble visit, you're like, oh, because you know about it. When you're five behind Simon, every time he does something just that little bit better or that little bit extra, he fires in a two-treble visit, you're looking at him going, 
oh, I've seen this story before. And then you, I yeah. think you do start to want it even like a little bit too much or you just deflate a little bit knowing that he just seems to have your number at that minute. Yeah, yeah quite possibly. Look, it's, I mean, say with most sports, you look at cricket, a bowler knows when he's got the wood over a batsman and, and yeah. things like that. So, yeah, it plays it plays in everyone's mind in everyone's sport. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, evening, Preston. Hope you are good. Uh, evening, uh, weekly darts cast. I'm guessing it's Lau. Yes, I said this, and I was overruled, wasn't I, Gob? Yeah. <coughs> Look, we think they've got a great future. This weekend has, has proven that. However, I think the other two organisations are very similar, have very similar aspirations. <laughs> and when we get on to a debate on our conversation on recent events for both and the future of amateur darts. I want to know if people's opinion change once we finish discussing that, as well as which one they think at the moment has the biggest future. However, they're still... The Super Series is not about to pick itself up and traipse you off to some random part of Europe for the weekend. How about a random part of Hampshire? (laughs) All right, thanks. (laughs) Um... We said earlier that Clement, there was question marks, Gob. Your Polish eagle that used to like to soar high, right now, those wings aren't even extending. Are he averages 80 and gets beaten by Ryan Meikle again? Question marks over Ratajski. Huge question marks. There is. Off the back of a break that is effectively as long as the World Championship. I'm pretty much giving everybody a free pass this weekend. The players that have travelled on the World Series are knackered. The players that haven't travelled on the World Series have had four weeks not playing PDC competitive darts. They might have kept themselves busy. Whatever. It's if those results start creeping into the first round of Pro Tours and we've got eight Pro Tour events in the space of a month or something in blocks. That's where I'll be concerned. The first one is a one-off up on stage. A seeded player, so he's got to wait an extra day. Ryan's played up there, etc. That'll be the concern. Look, in terms of a drop-off of performance, we're not used to seeing Christopher Tyski average 81 at all. Completely agree. And he's not quite the player that he was when... A year ago, you could have said he had genuine top eight aspirations. I don't see that in him at the minute. I think he'd be happy to be top 20 the way he's playing, but we'll have to wait and see how the rest of the season goes for him. Yeah. Then... Another one that jumps off the page and, again, question marks. He, Like Gob said, he's almost got a little bit of a free pass because of the World Series, but Dimitri, out of them all, Boise, probably looked the most off the pace. Yeah, yeah it, was, it wasn't bright at all. And, but I know we'll touch on William Altana when we move on to Sunday. So just focusing on Dimmy, just it just didn't look... Right up on the stage, sort of like he, he didn't want to be there. And I'm, I'm sure every player does up on stage and wants to win, but it just seemed like it was just a weekend too far. And we spoke about Price missing a weekend, and it might have been the right time for a couple more to do that. And Dim is certainly the top of that list. He looked very, very uh, off this weekend. And again, I don't want to sort of pit on that there's. There's huge worrying signs about Dimitri because we know that he can just sort of 
to switch and turn up and play good like we've seen at Blackpool at times. There's always going to be question marks about his pace of play and the difference between how he can just run off leads at a super speed and then sort of slow right down. All that's there to be seen, but at the moment, he just seems to need that probably little bit of a break um, away from the board. I know he's got a very, very young family. Um, probably just a little bit of a break away from the board and then we'll see Dimi come back to it. And then, no sort of huge worrying signs. It's more if we've seen this level of performance over the next three or four weeks, then there'll be questions like that. But I guess there's probably an announcement that might include Dimi this week from the uh, from the <laughs> adverts we've seen today. <laughs> well, that's, that's, another thing, that's another thing to consider as well. Like, look, it is one of the worst kept secrets in darts, but I'm not going to sit here and say exactly what it is. But when you've left the manufacturer, he is no doubt practicing with other equipment and will have been for a while. So combine all that, and like, like we just said, look, he's spent weeks travelling, etc., to come back in. The fact that it's affected someone who is as young and as fit as Dimitri, I think just goes to show you how tough this tour is and how well the season pros manage of it. When you look at someone like Peter Wright, all right, I know he's not gone this year, but a 50-year-old doing this tour, and you look at Phil Taylor doing it for the last couple of years of his career, etc., you can see why... At the end of it, they just go, nah, I'm spent, I'm done. I'll tell, yeah, I'll tell you what else. Like, you... Go on, boys. Go on, baby. No, all I, I was, was going to say on top of that is it's even coming with the, uh, I know, break up here. Even coming with the, <laughs> I heard it a lot while well, during Peter Wright's day that, you know, he's not planning to play Euro Tour during the Premier League next year if he's in the Premier League, which of course he's going to be. That sort of shows that. Players now are already looking ahead to see if they can improve on what's happened this year. And I think we'll probably see a few players look at next year if we have the, a similar calendar that come these first couple of Euro tours in September that there might be a few more dropout and not just Price. Because, like I said, we're already seeing Peter Rod drop out of the first few because of the Premier League, just to manage that calendar a bit better. Touching on, on image and everything like that, talking about Dimitri. Look, we all know he left Unicorn on, on Wednesday. I think it was that the Unicorn put it out. In terms of image, wearing that shirt with just a hideous bit of black masking tape over the Unicorn badge looked absolutely horrendous. Now, obviously, this has been on the cards for a while. So, surely, you either just get a plain shirt with your other sponsors on for the weekend... Or you just, for the sake of 40 quid or whatever, you just order a pla a, another shirt without unicorn on it instead of just whopping that hideous bit of black tape over and looking awful. It just looked naff. Like you say, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a shock thing. Look, we all know that there are other sponsors on shirts that they're not allowed to wear at certain times. Um, Dimitri... Uh, Cross, Bunting, right, or, or have Jennings bet on there. And when the tournament is sponsored by another bookie, they can't wear it. So I get at times they have to cover patches when things happen. But this has obviously been planned for a while. And just like, just get another shirt for the tournament. It's not a fashion contest. It was only, it was only announced on Wednesday. It's a one -off. Well, I don't, I don't only two days to sort it. <laughs> 
it's for a period of a couple of weeks, and I see what you're saying, but for the um, sake of one tournament, which was effectively eight legs for him. Again, uh, speaking of Rob Cross, he didn't perform beating for Jeff by Jeffrey Dujuan. Um, I'm going to come back to Jose de Souza in a minute. Um, I'm guessing from the Saturday that Josh Rock is developed again, Gob? Yep. <laughs> I know that Josh played fabulously well to beat Damon Hetzer, 103 and a half average. Um, Peter Wright, the world champion, returned no, after he's, surgery. He's better than played fabulously well. And he's quality. He's world class. His averages, his running average this year is ridiculously good. And I almost feel bad that, like I say this every time, that it's not a dig at Josh, but every time he plays well, we seem to bring up the fact that he's allowed to play on a development tour as well. And he's just ridiculous. He is another level. He is, if, if he stays at this level, if this is his flat game, if this isn't just a purple patch in his opening year and he's managed to settle in really well, if he can handle the pressure of defending money on your ranking list, as some players struggle massively when you're increasing, he's a top eight player. Yeah, oh, completely. Um, Barry says, get another background. Don't worry, Bazza. It's on the way. Um, Peter Wright returned, although it wasn't a win. State by played all right, considering everything. <laughs> Surgery and, and time away, Boise. <coughs> yeah, I wasn't, wasn't sure what we was going to see. Um, but yeah, played for me, played very well. Missed two, I think, match starts. Um, which Jim missed a few as well beforehand, but then finally took it. But Jim played very well to that over the line. Jim wasn't great, survived, I think it was four or five match starts on the Friday, um, stepped it up 10 or 12 in the average against Peter Wright, and that was needed. Otherwise, um, Peter would have took the game quite easily. So, good signs for Peter Wright. Um, for me, it like says, even though he missed a couple of match starts, he played a lot better than probably I was expecting to with such a long period away from the board. Um, and hopefully we'll see that continue over um, the next few comps. Um, Lee, I can confirm we do have the Stephen Burton missing dart. <laughs> right, going back. We'll come on to that later on. Go, going back, because I'm going to go round two into round three. Like we spoke about Daryl Gurney... Jose de Salza averages best part of a ton to beat Raymond Barnabout in a very, very good game. But again, the drop-off is ridiculous. It's not a couple of points here. It's a huge drop-off job. And it's something that Jose is doing more and more. We're still seeing the special performances every now and then. But those special performances are then followed by a howler where he's getting... He got away with it here, but in big TV tournaments, you're not going to get away with that kind of drop-off. No, no, I think that's a combination of a, of a number of things with Jose. One, I'm still not convinced about his ability to play in front of a crowd. His, his main lot of success was behind closed doors. Two, he's done a lot of throwing in the last couple of years. A lot of throwing for an action that is very shouldery. And I can't help but think that that will be taking its toll somewhere, especially one that can... He's got such a snap in his throw occasionally. You know the bad dart, I mean, yeah. where he drags it incredibly low. Yeah, yeah. That's got to hurt eventually. Yeah, well, um, 
And three, look, just the toll of the tour. We, we keep saying this, you cannot be at your best 100% of the time, but when the tour is so busy, when you've got so many events, when you've got to travel here, there and everywhere, I genuinely just think the PDC players are knackered. Agreed. Right, moving in to the final day. Um, Ryan Meikle continues his fabulous run. Um, he beat Simon Whitlock in a last leg decider. Uh, Aspinall beat Sedlicek. Again, fairly comfortable. William O'Connor, at the start of the weekend, boys, we haven't spoke about the Magpie too much, wasn't in a world championship spot. He certainly is now, as he beats Michael Smith. Uh, Jose de Souza beats Jeffrey Deswan. Chisnell beats Kirchmar. Um, Josh Rock beats Dirk van Dijvenbode. I think Dirk missed, was it four or five match starts in that one? Um, yeah, the one takes check out to win it when you're under that as well. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, Rusty beat Rasma. Uh, Joe Cullen beat Jim Williams. Now we're into the quarterfinals. Uh, this is where Meikle's run come to an end, but fabulous weekend for Ryan Meikle. Beating 6-5 by Nathan Aspinall. Good to see the Asp having a run, but can't help but think he may have got his practice wrong. Um, then um, William O'Connor beats Jose de Souza. Again, good from the Magpie. Dave Chisnell batters Josh Rock. Look, Chisnell's played really, really well. Uh, Josh Rock didn't find the gears that he did earlier on, but again, another good one for the young man. And Joe Cullen beats uh, Rusty Jake 6-4. The semi-final, we talk about falls. Aspen are only averaging 79 from 99. Boy, see, that's... Huge um... fall. Yeah. Huge. Overpractice. Over um, well, we've seen this before with As. We've spoke about it quite recently when he's got to the bat end. I'm sure we did on the Pro Tour. And that the, the throw just doesn't look the same. I know the Pro Tour and the Euro Tour are different in regards to being over one day and three, but coming to the back end of these tournaments under pressure in regards to getting to the final or in the final, the throw just doesn't look the same. And it, it didn't seem comfortable at all in this one. Uh, and that was shown with an average of 79, which we are not used to seeing in a PDC semi final at all. Um, and William O'Connor just took advantage. He, you know, he wasn't great. He didn't do anything sensational really in the game, but just took the, the amount of chances that he was given to him by the Asp. But then Asp is dating to the back end of tournaments because that's why we're talking about him in semi-finals and finals. But when he's there, he just doesn't look the same player as he does early on in these competitions. And then Dave Chisnell again missed an opportunity Joe Cullen punishes in a last leg decider, but again, it's one that got away from Chisnell. Um, and the final, congratulations to Joe Cullen, his third European Tour title goal, an 8-2 winner over the Magpie. Like we say, good weekend for William O'Connor. He said in his interview afterwards that if you'd have given him the final before the weekend started, he'd have ripped your arm off for it. Um, but the rock star was, was rocking in Budapest. He was in the... I probably think that the performance against Dave Chisholm on the round before was the one that won in this title without being respectful. Look, Willie's not quite showed up in this final. Joe's got the experience of being up there, of doing it, and of, of winning two before. And look, by that point, he'd found his range, he'd found his groove, and he looked pretty solid. But that win over 
Dave Chisnell, the round before, was the one for me. Chizzy looked like the player of the tournament. He, his finishing was unbelievable all weekend. And the quarterfinals, he just started to find the treble 20 and score like we know Dave Chisnell can. I'm like, you ain't stopping him when he gets in that mode. So, yeah, look, superb effort from Joe Cullen, especially as we've spoken about at the start. The travelling, being on the World Series and the effect it seems to have taken on everybody else that made that trip. It's a superb result for Joe Cullen. Nicely placed on the European Championship Order of Merit. Job done. And if he wants to now, he can pick and choose for the next couple of weeks. And he's set perfectly. Completely agree. And with that, the World Championship race hops up. Uh, Ryan Meeker has moved himself up to ninth in the race for the World Championships. Um, fabulous weekend for him. William O'Connor is up to 16th. He's come from nowhere. Steve Beaton is fallen outside again. Some big names just outside the World Championship list. Um, some pe players that need to get there for their tour cards as well. Um, Jeffrey Dejuan also holds that last spot. So good for him. Also off the back of this one, the race for the European Championships in Dortmund. Again, William O'Connor and on countback is into that 32. Um, where do we think, money-wise, the cutoff is going to be for this European Championships? Not a clue. What we got? Three events left. Two events left. Three. Uh, Jena, Belgium and Gibraltar. Around... In, I, think, I think Jose's in. Yeah, I think Jose's guaranteed. I'm trying to work out if there's enough money for Josh to be in or not. I think around that 15k yeah. might, is, the, is the mark. If Josh gets any more, yeah, I then I think it'll be safe. Yeah, I think there's that little gap there with that two and a half tie between Jose and Josh Roth, which is sort of probably around where that cut off is. Um, so yeah. 24 downer still potential, but if Josh is in more, James isn't he in anymore, is he? No, I don't think so. And that's that's a worry. Yeah. For Wadey. Because I think he'll be around that mark. It'll, it'll be in that last weekend. I think Wade will be sitting around 31st, 32nd, and it'll just be waiting on results. Yeah. Also, the big news that broke over the weekend was the Modus Super Series. We'd been teasing this for a while. We knew what was coming, boys, didn't we? We um, we we, we knew we'd be. Obviously, I've been there a lot, but you've always had seen pictures of the venue, and it finally broke. The new purpose-built venue for the Modus Super Series launched on Saturday night. And I think the words we're looking for is, wow, what an arena, boys, to play darts in. Tidy, even with the dropping of your dart down a smoke machine. But yeah, it looks fantastic, this setup. has just gone up another level. We've known it's been coming for a while, but just, just the quality and the effort that has gone into the production now multiple um, commentators, presenter, the stage looks clean, Brandon looks fantastic, um, launch night was brilliant, I've had it on for the last, well, today as well, while I've been working, um, prize money up is only a good thing, especially looking forward to that Champions Week, which is which has probably been the most difficult thing to talk about the last few weeks, because we've, we were five weeks into 
this, knowing full well what players are playing for, and we're just like, oh, they've qualified for Champions Week. <laughs> and we're like, well, what does that mean? And we're like, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm amazed the players kept it quiet because the players have known as well. Is 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 the thing? The um, the the, the players knew what they were playing for, and. The fact that they've kept it quiet as well has been nothing sort of remarkable. But this is this is a real statement for for players outside the one two eight. Not just that, Phil obviously Phil Taylor did some punditry and some comms at, at the weekend, and he brought this up as well. Now players in the world rankings. I mean, I'm just gonna get them up here. So. Players from 65 and Dan, the, 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 the hallowed 64 line, some of those have got a real decision to make now because this is serious prize money. That There is over £1 million in prize money on offer per year at the Moda Super Series. Now, John Henderson... Willie Borland, two that I'm just looking at because they're at my eye line. In the last two years, I've only earned £54,000 on their order of merit. Players are genuinely going to have a decision to make now. Because yeah. we've said it for a long time, that going to a Pro Tour event, you are not guaranteed anything. If you lose, there is nothing coming in where now there's guaranteed money plus carrots, huge carrots, for winning events. It's a real decision to be had. I do honestly think you look, it's each player will look at it differently. It depends on where you are in sort of your steps. So like a Willie Borland and a Louis Williams, I'm just naming 17, 72, same as you're looking at sort of the eye line. They've still got they will look at it that they've got 20, 30, 40 years in darts as a profession, that that decision probably is a little bit easier for them because they will be driven towards being a professional darts player, playing on the circuit, still with sponsors and all that sort of things. However, the other players it sort of looks to have sort of slipped a little down the rankings, as you've mentioned, in you know, John Henderson. I know Beaton's dropped a little, but um, should have his talk hard, Glenn Durant. There's other names in there where... This now opens it up that you can have a you can have a successful dart career and not be a professional in the terms of PDC. You can move away from it and still earn an awful lot of money because I know we've got the organisations up in our poll of WDF and ADC. There's there's those where you can compete in those organisations potentially even in both and still play in the um, Super Series. And still potentially go and play in the seniors, which has been some even more great announcements today around that. That when you're at that sort of age of, you know, more than anything, 50 plus, but probably even around 45 sort of down up, you can sort of plan your next few years. And if you're still playing at a very good standard, even if you're not in that top 64, around that age, that's where there's serious consideration. The younger players, probably not so much. And I guess another part of that is not just... Well, that's the age, but also obviously these players are heavily sponsored. So it would be interesting to see what's in those sort of sponsorship deals because yes, the PDC does give you 
massive audiences, the biggest audiences in darts. However, playing on a pro tour, week in, week out, but not on TV, doesn't, but playing on Modus Super Series does. That puts you on TV, you know, at least four or five times a year, you would suggest, even if you're not there to finals week. So there's other opportunities there for sponsors as well. So it's be interesting to see how those those conversations are to sort of come across with players. Yeah, well, you say that. Yes, that at the top end, the PDC gives you exposure to millions and upon millions of viewers and an audience. However, if you're 64 and Dan, you're not in a lot of TV. You may not be in any TV. So all of a sudden, that millions upon millions as an audience isn't there. Um, um, Lendl, you're, I think you're wrong there, mate. And I, and I say this with, there will be an interview coming out where there is a high-profile name that has already said he will not go to Q School this year because he can earn more money outside the PDC. And I've spoken to at least three current tour card holders that are genuinely considering handing back their tour card because there is more opportunity for them outside the PDC. Now, look, this is never going to replace the PDC at the top end, and George fully explained it. It's not meant to do that. But realistically, the way the PDC is structured, Gob, 64 and Dan, right now, there's not a lot of benefits. I think the perfect person to look at this is John Henderson. Currently ranked 69th in the world. And when you break it down, £54,250 is £27,000 a year, minus taxes, minus percentage splits with management costs. And all right, you might replace some of that with sponsorships and and whatever, your own appearances and bonuses. And if you make a a non-ranked TV event or exhibition work, etc. But exhibition work will still be there for somebody that's a World Cup champion like John Henderson in the future. And that is where that decision needs to be made. Because if you can earn your entire week's salary in a, in a field that is, look, without being disrespectful, John Henderson has more chance of rocking up and winning a live league at the Super Series week than he does rocking up and winning a European tour. Of course. Because they're yeah. similar in priority. Or, or two pro tours, shall we say, in the same weekend. Job yeah. done. And you've earned money for the year. And, and that's the difference. So, yeah, look, there's definitely considerations for players at different ends of their career. I, I completely agree with Lee. The likes of Louis Williams and, and um, Willie Borland, etc. I still think that players like that, their future is going to lie in the PDC and wanting to break into that top 64. And if yeah. they don't do it this year, they'll go back to Q school and, and keep trying. But they've got careers of 30 years ahead of them if they want it. We've seen that from players at of the game. So, yeah, for those coming towards the end of their career where less travelling, less hassle, guaranteed income from appearances and whatever else, perfect. And the other thing to consider, John Henderson is 49 years old. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, it, it, it's interesting. And Lendl, you say that he's not good enough to make it in the PDC. That, that There's a difference between making it 
as a PDC player, which realistically, in my opinion, it's only the the real the top thirty two make good money. The rest don't. For some, it's just a job. It's something that they're good at, and it beats working the nine to five. Um, and if you're a plumber and you're offered more money to change companies, what are you going to do? God, you've moved job a few times in the last couple of years because someone offered you more money. <laughs> well, yeah. What I'm saying is it, 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 it's no different. <laughs> if you're a dark player and you can earn more money elsewhere, it's a no-brainer. And look, John O'Shea said it there. Absolute no-brainer. I'm 47, and I certainly would consider it. There you go. John's had a fabulous opening um, year of his, on his tour, but he's openly said there he would consider it because of the financial rewards mm. now on offer. So, look, it's it's there. It's it's certainly one to look out for. And I thought George explained it really, really well. Um, Ben says the PDC should partner up with Super Series. Oh, look, we'd love to have 65 to 128 be able to play because also it would help the PDC's products, in my opinion, because it means their lower end tour card holders would get good, hard, competitive match practice, earn money, and not be worried about earning money on the PDC. Because they may know they've already covered their mortgage for this month. So they can go there and, <clears> and relax a little bit. Like Gob said, playing up tight, Boise. Yeah, I think it goes back to, you know, if, if one player saying they're not going to go for the tour card this year, because it it takes away the chance of playing on the Super Series, as well as all the other, you know, the seniors, so on and so forth. It takes away that opportunity. If the PDC then allowed a number, whatever number that might be, 65 down or 80 down or whatever sort of number they agreed that the thought was right, then for me, that would make that decision a lot easier for players. So go and play, go and try and get the tour tied if they haven't already done it because it would allow them to still do and play on the Challenge Tour as well as then the Super Series, as well as then if you're old enough, the seniors. Um, so it does make sort of that changes that decision making because then you can sort of think I can still go and get my tour card or attempt to. And if not, I've got the fullback. If so, for the first year, I can potentially go and play on the Super Series. And then if I eat the top 64, then obviously I, I don't want to progress and, and move forward. Because if you're in the top 64 after a year, you've done pretty damn well, haven't you? <laughs> Let's be honest. So then it, then it's sort of a different conversation. So it'd be interesting to see if that changes in the, change in the future. And I guess the, the real sort of, Tate will seize around January time when it comes to Tewstall. And if there's a list of names who are not going to go to Tewstall, there's a, a big decision if they're still going to continue to play darts will be because of everything else that's outside of it, see, um, Super Series seniors and the two events that we've got on the poll. And to be fair, John summed it up there. And, that, and that's the issue as well. That he said he said he'll have had 75 75 days off competitive darts because he didn't make the Euro tours and everyone around him is still playing. Yeah, and that's it's a great point. Yeah, and 
it sort of back to Dob's point of allow, sort of letting people off this week. We're not just letting off the the players who have been travelling the world, but we're letting everyone else off because they haven't played any competitive darts. And by the way, uh, John Dob did note down that you are forty seven, so you're only a few years away from the seniors. That's been noted, right, Dob? <laughs> <laughs> anyone who anyone who's in that. Anyone who's in that 45 to 50 uh, bracket, I think we've got a list now of when the edging closer and closer. Has that been five out? I cannot confirm or deny that. But you will all be very <laughs> interested to know there's about five weeks difference in age between John Henderson and Wayne Mardle. The thing is, like, Lendl, that goes back to what we said before. The PDC are a promotional company, and unfortunately, people at the lower end don't make the money. That's what it comes down to. Um, but the actual darts itself, um, we had, I'm going to say a surprise winner because he was the outsider, but Kieran Tian booked himself a place at Champions Week and came good when it mattered. The, the, the young lad from Cork... Played some fa- some fabulous stuff. Played solid. Played very, very well indeed. I, I really enjoyed finals night, to be fair. Uh, I think Wolfie ran out of steam a little bit. I think he started pretty brightly. Um, but yeah, standout was T and he just looked exceptional. Yeah. Um, and it all kicked off again um, today. <laughs> Lisa actually tops group A overnight. Had a really good chat with Lisa. Um, this morning she was full of beans. Always good um, to chat to the Lancashire Rose. She was in fine fettle, um, which kind of brings us on to our next next point off of the Super Series. Obviously, the the, the comments that John 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 made George made about being the the next one under, being the championship compared to the PDC. Where is the amateur game right now? Because there is a distinct silence around at the moment on on both sides obviously the adc have postponed their uh world open due to the financial crisis in the uk um which i i, I get and I kind of respect why why they've done it um but it's still a setback for the the amateur game the distinct lack of anything from the WDF, um, there's still no world dates even even set. Um, players are now openly vocal on social media that they want to know where they're playing, when they're playing, and what they're playing for. That that's all that's all they're asking. They're not asking for for top secret information. It's just a bit of clarity. But there's radio silence. You've got the Masters that's meant to be happening in early December. Players that have qualified for it. Sean Fisher was was quite open about it on Twitter that he's qualified for the WDF Masters, but knows absolutely nothing about it in terms of anything. Is it slightly concerning right now? I think it's hard not to be concerned a little bit, just because of the fact that we don't have any information from the WF, as you said, the fact that the ADC have pushed their event back. I think the ADC, again, get that little bit of grace because their communication 
has been that little bit better. They've been open about it. They've got it out as early as they can, made that decision, told everybody what they're doing, why they're doing it. But it is still a concern because looking at it right now, genuinely don't see the economy having a big upturn anytime soon. In fact, it looks like we're heading for a recession. New Prime Minister voted in today, immediately takes another hit in the polls, goes Labour goes favourite for the next general election, which is still 18 months away, absolutely minimum. Um, and a plan to um, help with the energy crisis in the UK is a loan that we pay back via taxes over the next 10 to 20 years to the energy company. So that's not about to change anytime soon and nobody's going to have any money whatsoever. So if you're postponing now, I guess the point in that one is how and when do you decide that suddenly everybody is okay again in a position to reopen that and try again? Because if you go too early and you cancel it again, you look a bit yeah. dark. Agreed. Yeah, but on, at the same time, on the... their floor events seems to be doing pretty well. They've launched in Oceania this week. It looked like in New Zealand, I think it was, initially. So they are growing into different territories and markets. And I guess that's where the competition part of the poll comes in, is that if the ADC do get different regions set up in different um, continents, at that point, their reach could match or exceed the WDF with a clearer system of progression to a world title, a world open or, or whatever. The, the biggest concern for me, the biggest concern for me, I guess, was what, just short of 12 months ago, we were sort of having the debate about WDF with their first big events, the world title, world championship or whatever you want to call it. In regards to that being in January, then got moved. There was reasons that they, David, got moved and obviously even for the right line that those reasons that were given publicly wasn't actually correct. Um, and then you've got the ADC's first bid tournament in the uh, Open that then being postponed. I'm with you in regards to the reasoning. I, I can understand why they would do that. But this is their first big event. And for that now not to go ahead, then probably raises question marks for the people just looking at the outside. As much as the communication is very good from the ADC in comparison, the fact that their first big uh, major event hasn't gone ahead and has been postponed, and we've now not got a, a date for that, is concerning the the flip of it. Are they looking at the other organisation in the WDF? The the lack of communication is probably the, the biggest concern right now for anyone who follows it. It's got such a history when you go back, obviously, BDO days. But they've had one TV event. That one TV event I've delayed three months. I would say when the event run it run quite successfully from the the public eye. Looking at that. And then since then, we've had one other platinum event, which was the Australian Open that no one could watch. And now we've got a Masters that, by the looks of things, it's changing format. However, when I put that on socials, I was questioned to say that's not happening, where some players have already been told that is the case. But we still don't know the qualifying criteria for that. And then we've got a World Championship that we have no idea where it is, when it is. Is it going to be the same time as other events clashing with? Is it going to be January clashing with Houston, February clashing with the seniors, or back in April and clashing with like Premier League or Euro events? The biggest thing of that is the players don't know. 
So we've talked about then that you were surprised that the players didn't, or it didn't come out about the Super Series, that players didn't mention that. The fact is with the WDF, the players don't know. The players have no idea where they're going to be competing. And with that happening in December, the Masters, which by the looks of things is going to be in Holland, financially at the moment, players at that level will have to plan for these tournaments and you'll want to play in the platinum events. The fact that that tournament's three months away and you can't have booked a flight or a hotel or know if you've qualified yet, know what you need to do to qualify yet, the tournament then surely can't be at the standard that it should be because you don't have big players at that level missing out because the, the tiny reward or the risk isn't worth the reward. So it's for me, it's, it's very, Especially very messy. The time of year that these events normally take place in and around yeah. that Christmas period. And the fact you school and that players still have aspirations to go and join something else. So they've spent a year traveling around. They want to know if their world championship, their big aim at the end of it is going to hit before Q school. If they go to Q school and want to take the next step in their career, are they going to miss out on what they just spent their entire year trying to qualify for? I guess part of the issue for me again is... Just add to that. Add to that as well. Not just those. The Super Series now coming in is obviously we've got finals waiting six weeks, seven weeks, October time. You've then got your next batch of 13 where the players have then got to decide because obviously they'll be asked then to go along to the Super Series, certain players, some of which will agree to weeks that will then clash with the, the Masters and one's a guaranteed money and one isn't. So again, which you'd understand which way they're going to go because some of those players would have probably already qualified for the World Championships. So why would the need... To those to the masters, Houston is the other issue because if they go and get a tour card, they can't play. Yeah, <laughs> but and back PDC won't let them like, the No, look, they've they made one exception last year. They are never ever going to do that again by the looks of things. Um, the other thing to consider is that when the WDF returned this year, I was a big big fan because. The amateur game has to exist. There has to be somewhere for these players to go. The communication initially was very, very good. It looked like some things had changed. Um, Social's got that little bit better. Uh, there was a clear plan for everything. Immediately announced prize money, blah, 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 blah. That seemed to unravel a little bit as things went on. And look, a lot of me, before the, the WF World Championships took place this year, was the event just needs to happen. And it, whilst I, I still back that statement... It seems to have put them in a little bit of trouble. And now that there is a viable option to compete with the amateur game, which there never really has been before, let's be honest, there was no ADC sat in the wings waiting. If anything, as, as stupid as a statement sounds because of how many people lost their lives and whatever, COVID turned out to be a pretty good thing for darts. It was the only sport that could carry on behind closed doors at the PDC level. It launched the Live League slash Super Series. It gave the WDF time to relaunch and it created the ADC. All of those are off the back of not being able to play in person for 18 months. That that break, that that fire break, if you like, from competitive sport just allowed organisations to, to take stock and, and reset and, and go again. And the, I guess part of me wanted the WF to succeed so well because the people that are taking it over seem like they had the best interest of the organization at heart. 
you're looking at them to run the amateur side of the game, which the BDO was a shambles. But in terms of countries that affiliate to the BDO in Europe, whilst we might mock their events for players travelling to go and collect ranking points, in terms of a source of income for the Hungarian Darts Federation, for instance, or whatever, that will have a World Cup team and whatever else, they're still massive, massive events in those places. They're effectively national tournaments for them. So you still want them to continue. Um, and I lost my trail of thought then. Oh, another thing is the WDF are the um, governing body recognised by the IOC. So if Darts was to ever make the next step up and play in something like the Olympic Games, it would have to be under that banner. And you, you want to see that success in case that's a possibility. Look, I know that people are going to question whether Darts is a sport, whether it's a pub game, whether it's just fat blokes drinking alcohol. But when every organisation is making a conscious effort to clean up the image of the game, to, to make it that little bit better. And the fact that the IOC no longer classes alcohol as a banned substance, by the way, um, it, it's entirely feasible that darts could be put as an Olympic sport. And, and that would be massive to expose the game to the most watched televised sporting event in the world would be a reach that this sport's never, ever had. And for that, the WDF needed to succeed for the last few months. And it just doesn't look like it's where it wanted to be or needs to be right now. Evening, Jim. Also on that, obviously, we're continuing the theme of the amateur game here. There was there's a lot of news within the UK DA as well. And look, although they're not part of the WDF, look, it's all kind of linked because a lot of county players still play in WDF events and, and everything like that. The, 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 the hierarchy of the, the, the counties seem to all jump in ship as well. We saw that um, Claire Stampler put on her social media that said, look, I resigned a while ago, but I'm only just putting it out there now um, and, and things like this. Um, it just seems a bit of a mess right now. And look, there's been a lot of calls to reform the county structure for a while. And I just feel, especially that the UK DA missed the trick when they returned from the COVID break as well. Like you said there, Gob, that there was a lot that a lot of organisations that COVID did well for. And I just think the UK DA especially missed the trick instead of they didn't, they didn't. In terms of the quality, the marketing, the sponsorship deals and everything else that have come into English county darts in particular, let's not forget that everyone else pretty much split off. The Scots do their own thing and whatever. That's better than it's ever been before, right? They've come out, they've tried something different in Magic Weekend that a lot of people loved, a lot of people didn't oh, like. The Magic problem is... Weekend, that, I love, love the concept. Love the concept yeah. of Magic Weekend. A lot, of, a lot of people didn't like it. And look, there were teething issues with it, but it's a completely new thing. But I guess the issue with that is when you're a new organisation that, let's not forget, went through a pretty big battle just to exist or to take over the running of the national county game, a part of the game that has been struggling for the last couple of years to attract people because the end game perhaps isn't quite as rewarding as going to a WDF Open or, or whatever and, and chasing ranking points for an ADC event or a PDC event or whatever. So it's more and more difficult to attract players to play county at their own cost to drive from, say, you live in Carlisle and you're playing against Devon one weekend. That's entirely possible in this system. And I think where they were trying to fight off 
Tri-Nations, the remnants of the BDO and, and whatever else, they were trying to please too many people at once. And it's a lot easier to not change anything. People are reluctant and resistant to change. And I, I genuinely think that last year, uh, I don't see them making a lot of mistakes. I thought what they did was was really, really good. Again, Magic Weekend caused some debate either way. Some people didn't like it. Some people did like it. But in terms of getting results out, social media, player of the week or player of the month or, or round of fixtures or whatever, all of that stuff was brilliant. They took a step up in terms of the marketing. But personally, I'd like to see regionalised county groups with national finals after that. It happens in pretty much every other sport that has a county-level game. And whilst there is quite a big difference in the ability of some county teams that would end up grouped next to each other, you could have tiered. You could have top team from each of these goes to this final day, second from each of these goes to wherever. And, and, and that encourages to grow and, and get better as well. I, I, I just think the travelling costs are such a big part of that, of that setup and that that type of dart. Well, I was about that to was say that on Saturday, that yeah, yeah, especially in the cost of living crisis that we've got now. That on Sunday I went to watch um, Berkshire against Cleveland. Now, that's not a small trip, and. Some players have made that trip for potentially four legs of darts, five legs of darts. Three. Three. Three is the minimum they can play. Yeah. Anybody but the yeah. men's A. Yeah, so they've, they've travelled ridiculous diesel, hotel costs, living costs for the weekend for such a small number of darts. It just seems such an antiquated system now where keeping people local, so travelling is not as much, and, and everything like that just seems a sensible idea now. But like you say, it's been the same for so long that there just seems a reluctance to change. Copied that with everything else that's going on. It just... It's not the best-looking horizon at the moment, Boise. Yeah, it, and that's the fine line. I guess we spoke about it around like the masters and the change of sets and led you you've got to be careful of making sure there's a there's a fine balance between changing something for the the, the good reasons i.e looking at the cost of living and all that sort of things but also changing the history of where these competitions have come from and changing it drastically that it doesn't have the same feel about it so it is a very very fine line of doing that but to to travel and put that commitment in to go and play potentially three leads of darts it's it's very very expensive these days staying over a weekend especially i add to that four hours of traveling petrol tossed all that sort of things it, it it can be a very very expensive day at that level for little reward and then depending on where you are in your game that that can be a lot for very very little reward so there's You've got to be careful, though, on the flip of that, that you're not changing too much. That it doesn't have the same feel of representing your county, which I'm sure is a fantastic feeling to to go and do that. Uh, and I spoke to a couple of people this weekend who um, represented West Midlands, and one of which done it for the first time, and he would have travelled probably anywhere in the country to, to have that feeling of representing your county, whether it be for one leg or five or six. So it is. It depends on where you are and how much, like I says, financially that can that can impact. But 
the financial side of that, unfortunately, in this country is only going to get worse over the next few months and probably into next year. Also, as well, there's a distinct change in amateur darts as well for me, where you look, go back maybe 10 years, maybe a little bit less, that people wanted to win the titles, the prestige of winning the British Classic, the Welsh Open, the, the, the Scottish Open, was, was up there on the agendas, where now it's all about how much cash you can win. Even as an amateur, you see people, it's all about the, the dollar at the end of it, where you look at the weekend and there's a list of open tournaments, which one can I win the most money at? Which I get, but it just, the mentality has changed, Gob, and the amateur side now is being dictated by funds or lack of them. And not a good thing when the funds don't seem to be there. Yeah, look, traditionally, those funds would have been propped up by mass fields. These tournaments can have 70-plus players at and, and over 100 in the past sort of thing. But when look, when there are so many, running a darts tournament is not the most difficult thing to set up in the world. Look, it takes time and experience and a little bit of software or, or whatever, but you can run a darts tournament with relatively little experience from a computer. So anybody thinks they can do it. Same with YouTube channels, right? Over lockdown, everybody thought they could have a YouTube channel. Same example. Um, but the only way to which they, I think that events see attracting more players is to increase the top level prize money. But in doing so, you potentially scare off players that don't think they can win it. If I go and have a £2,000 first prize for a local Open, I'm going to attract some serious talent from around the country. And at that point, why is my local league teammate that averages 56 going to pay £10-15 to enter and have a go for the day out? He's not. Because chances are he's going to get smashed by a Super League player who's rocked up in day one that averages 80-plus for the year. Who's there hunting the cash? Yeah. And look, this, there doesn't seem like an, an easy fix to, to, to any of this. And I suppose going back to our, our original point, that these governing <coughs> governing organisations need to get information out quick. Otherwise, it's going to be too late. Yeah. That, that, that probably goes back to... The positives I said about the ADC, like says, I was disappointed with the news around the Open. But the one thing that certainly does in the favour of the ADC is that the communication has been very, very good since the ADC changed. And even when it was in MAD, communication has been very, very good. And I know it's a cliche sort of saying, but communication is key. People need to know in advance, especially, like says, more so when there's that more of a financial hit. You just need to know what it is you're playing for, what it is that you want to enter. So these competitions can get off the ground and it's all about being open and, and speaking to your players who are, who are going to invest their time, their money and 
it's not just on that day. People don't just turn up and play in these. It's the dedication throughout the year and having that sort of yearly plan of where your darts three is going to be. And whether that's Dobu plays in the um, Wednesday league to a pro play, you still need that plan of when you're playing. You still need to know when you're playing, what you're playing in, what you're aiming towards. That needs to be the plan. You're welcome, Doc. Did you call it the Vodka Wednesday? <laughs> Vodka Wednesday <Yeah>. League. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it is, isn't it? I suppose that it goes back to the, the, the seniors. They're already announcing dates for 2023 already. So players know the date that they're going for. They know the date is in the calendar. Already, and, and, and it goes back to like as well. By the way, we've in in the group communication we have with with tour card holders, they've pretty much got next year mapped out. Yeah, they've not been one hundred percent public yet, and they will be very soon. Well, and, and again on that, I'm expecting the PDC calendar to drop this month for 2023. Yeah, yeah. Tra- tra- traditionally, it drops in in September, so. It will be interesting if that drops before any WDF World Championship news. Oh, we one hundred percent will. One hundred percent. I, I don't see the WDF Worlds being announced anytime this month. If I'm being honest, there's a, there's an event before that that is their second biggest event that's still yet to be announced. It's three months away. So I was going to say, surely you need to get the Masters out first. Um, and I've been sort of sources told me that the announcement on the Masters is due in the next couple of weeks. That's still too late, but that will be before any announcement on the Worlds. So the PDC announcement will be built will come beforehand. From a WDF perspective, it's their world championship. They should be announcing that. For me, we've said it plenty of times, and this is to the PDC about qualification, all that sort of things. For these organisations that are either professional or semi-professional, there should be, you should know what you're doing in 12 months' time. Your calendar should be set out at that level for what you're doing throughout the year. So a world championship that we don't know about in either four to seven months, we should we shouldn't be concerned about that one. We should be thinking about when's the one for nineteen months time. <laughs> we should already be looking for that so players can plan what their futures are in love. Even more so if players are not gonna have a tour card, they need that plan. PDC's sort of always set. There's probably gonna be a few venue changes as we normally see on Euro Tour, but generally we know when Blackpool's gonna hit, we know when the two minor dates are gonna hit. We generally know when the Grand Prix is going to hit Grand Slam as well, very similar. It's just those Pro Tour events and when they sit. But from a from the WDF and ADC, we need a better understanding of where their calendars are going to work. And when I say we, I actually mean the players need a better understanding. Otherwise, the ADC and WDF will miss out on having bid players because they will have already signed up for the Super Series or would have already signed up for the seniors and they would have signed up for events and they will just miss out on some big, big names. It's only going to impact them. It's a real talking point and we could almost do a full show 
on on this because there are there are so many question marks around it right now. And like I say, the more the more frustrating thing, like we said, is is the silence. If there's a problem, just come and say it and get it out in the open. At least players know. Hiding it and masking it just makes it worse. Like the BDO found out by telling the players once they'd already started what they were playing for and stuff like that. They knew prior to the tournament that prize money wasn't there, but chose not to say anything. And we all know how that ended up. So, if there's an issue, just come out and and say it. Is that Steve saying the ADC calendar is in discussion? I like that. And I like the fact he's listening in. It's good. But again, but we've said that their communication has been better than anyone in the amateur game. And we've said that from day one. Um, and that's why players still trust it, because they know. It, it goes back to radio silence is the issue. Yeah, and, and that, that is the difference between the two. As Steve's mentioned there, assuming it's Steve, that's a calendar that's been discussed. We're on about the WDF announcing one tournament and then potentially another tournament a month or two down the line. But these are the biggest two of the year. We don't know what's in plan for next March, April, May for the WDF. That calendar, there should be an announcement. As there is with the PDC, there should be just a calendar announcement uh, so the players can plan. And, and we see the best players at these tournaments that are available. Oh, yeah, completely. But again... the and that lack of planning is there because, like you say, you've got the Masters scheduled for second weekend in December. You've then got the PDC Worlds, Q School, and a potential clash with the WDF Worlds if it goes in its original date. We don't know. If they go too long and go past that, it's then going to clash potentially with the – or sit close to the Dutch Open – the PDC Masters, the opening of the Premier League, and the Seniors Worlds. And if it goes any later than that, then the players, again, have wasted a huge chunk because the ranking system is then skewed because it hasn't changed. Yeah. No, and it's the tour holder argument because we know of certain players who, yes, it, some it did benefit, some it didn't, who didn't go to Tewstall in January because of the WDF World Championships being moved. Obviously, we know then you were still able to play even if you would have gone to Tewstall. But there's that sort of decision then. And these players are having to think about what they're going to do the rest of that year, but it's all resting on an announcement to say when that World Championship is. It's interesting. Because if, really if, that, lands, if that lands... Tewstall week, then again, it's the same sort of debate. Do you go to Tewstall, which, as we talked about, is a lottery, or do you go and compete for the WDF Worlds, which, at the moment, we don't know when it is, but equally, the players don't know how much they're playing for. Yeah, uh, yeah, Patrick, I agree. There probably will be a new Masters trophy I just hope they're better than those world trophies because I'm not going to like they're like Pac-Man on a Pac-Man on a plank. They're not like the pizza. Horrific. Pizza with the slice, 
didn't Nils break on the second day at it or something? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, right, moving on. A week in darts. I saw some news on Twitter before we broke. Corey Cadby got to a quarter final at the weekend in Tasmania. The King is back throwing some competitive darts, boys. This this should be seen as encouragement. Mm. Maybe. It's not the all-conquering Corey. He's been out the game for a while. It is undeniable that he is a character and that the sport needs characters. And if he can get back to the level that he was at, he had unbelievable talent. Yes, Lendl. I am 100% on board with that. Lendl, you pay for him to come over. We'll put him in. I I want to see more of him. I think we all do. I think most darts fans do. He's, he's, he can fall into that category of a sort of loving or, loving or hating type with some of his antics on stage. However, even if you're not a youth fan, he's still someone you want to see. It's a bit like the doing pros. It's if if he can get back to the levels pre pre if he can get back to the levels pre issues, he is box office, and I, and I still think to this day, if he'd have come back from Australia when he went home, if he'd have come back, because obviously he never came when he went home, he never came back. Yeah. If he'd have come back, he'd be in the Premier League. He'd have been in the Premier League, no doubt whatsoever, because of those boxes that he ticked. Um, but it is a long way back for him. Um, right, the other one. The the PDC Chinese Premier League has thrown up some interesting issues, shall we say, boys, around the world we live in these days. Just a bit time, tell us, tell us who's not playing and tell us who's replaced him. I'll butcher I've got the names in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Zong, who has absolutely dominated the China Premier League, um, is allergic to the COVID vaccination, so is not allowed to leave the country. Correct. So, uh, Cheng Han, the runner-up from the finals, I think, um, will be making his way to Ali Pali instead, which is a bit of a shame, really, because... Zong has been incredibly dominant in that, and it would have been interesting to see him participate at this level. Um, I don't want to get too much into the politics, but China seems very, very backwards. Well, I was going to say, I've seen, pictures it... of, I've seen videos of drones flying around telling people to stay inside their house still because somebody on the street had a cough. I was going to say, he's posted some impressive high 90s averages as well in this Chinese Premier League. So it's a real blow to him and the world that, that he won't be there. Um, I was about to say, I without going into the politics, I'm guessing, is it a Chinese 
law that he can't leave the country because he's not vaccinated. I think so, yeah. I was going to say, because you can come into the UK if you're not vaccinated, as long as you're negative on that, can't you? So... I'm not even sure they check that anymore. <laughs> no, that, that's that's what I mean. But it, look, that, that that's a real, real blow for, for darts in China as well, because we've said it before that China are one of these countries that if they get a star or get someone to get behind the sport balloons, we saw what it did in snooker when when the likes of Ding and everyone like that were, were getting involved and it just ballooned. So this this was the the perhaps the shot to get darts in China huge. Yeah. Yeah. And once China goes, the rest of Asia tends to follow. Because look, we had James Watton and Marco Fu in the snooker. But the minute Ding came about, it's like we got that real burst yeah. in Asia. And there's significant investment in China as well. The amount of snooker events that moved to China, the amount of money that got pumped into the sport from China. And if it has a similar impact on darts, look, a lot of our players won't like it, but or a lot of tour card holders won't like it. What am I saying? Our players, but there's increased prize money every week in a clim- climate that's cooler than going to Saudi Arabia. Well, you, you look at it. The, the knock-on effect was um, Yang Bingtao from the Ding era, who's come along and looks sensational. And the more you get to know him, I remember when he won, he won the Masters, didn't he? Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, and his, his English wasn't great at the time, but you could see there was a personality there. He was interviewed like three or four months later, put a lot of effort into learning English and everything like that, and his personality just shone through. So look, if that can happen in snooker, it can happen in darts if there's a figurehead and someone to believe in. Yeah. 100%. Um. What else at Weekend Darts have we missed? Few announcements today, Gob. Yeah, seniors. Well, seniors. Yeah. Well, he spent four hours getting them out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll check what we've announced now. Uh, the uh, match play is moving to the Barbican in York, which ties in nicely with a snooker link, I guess as well, host of the UK Championship. Um, but yeah, that event is moving there. And the other one is the Tour has committed um, 25% of the field for the three TV events that we've seen this year for the World Championship, for the World Match Play and the World Masters next year. Uh, 25% of those fields will be taken up with qualifiers, which is quite a big increase for some of those compared to what we've seen this year. And actually... Look, when you've been as close to the, the, the tour as I have at events, at the Open Series, at the qualifiers, the standard there is is really, really good. So I think that's a reflection of that and how well the players have performed on the floor events um, and that we'll get to see more of those. Because let's be honest, David Cameron won at Lakeside from a qualifier position. We've seen Richie Housen go deep. Um, we've seen Colin McGarry play really well. Dave Prins wasn't bad. Um Ryan Dawson played pretty steady as well. So that's the qualifiers we've seen already. And if we get more players like those coming through, we've got Andy Jenkins pretty high up in the rankings, Darren Johnson, Martin Turner, Robert Rickwood's climbing, Jim McEwen's into the top 12, I think, at the minute, considering he's missed an awful lot of the events as well. 
So look, there's definitely talent there. You've got names like Andy yeah. Hamilton, um, Chuck Norris, uh, Mace, all floating around as well that are more than capable. So the chance to see more of those play over the next couple of years would be superb. On the seniors, should the rest be worried when a certain power said he wants to play in the Super Series as well after the weekend? He said it live on TV. He was like, I want to go here. Yes and no. Because we've spoken to Phil after all three events so far. And every single time he's told us he knows what he needs to do, he needs to get off his backside, he needs to practice a bit. And he turns up at the next one and goes, I've not done any practice. I need to do some practice this time. I don't like getting beat. I'm going home to practice. Lads, I've not done any practice. (laughs) So if he puts it in, then yeah. Obviously, he let a couple of other things slip during that broadcast. Which are good signs. That is always done. Potentially some new equipment. And, and they can only be motivators for Phil to carry on playing again. Yeah. Um, I love Johnny's comment in the chat room here. Imagine Matt Poor <laughs> trying to convince Anderson to go to China every three weeks. <laughs> no, that's a nice mission, mate. It's hard enough convincing Gary to go to Wolverhampton, let alone Beijing. It's hard enough convincing me. Still there, it's only around the corner. Anything else in a week? Have we, have we nailed it all? I'll see Euro Tour, Yenna, uh, this weekend. Apparently, was back this weekend after we spoke about the UK yeah. earlier. First weekend back. I don't think there was any major stories from it, though. Yorkshire lost to Warwickshire, which they've dominated county for a long, long time. Um, A few decent averages floating around. I think I saw a 35-something from someone, which is a 105. I think Rihanna Sullivan played Lisa Ashton at the weekend, and Rihanna beat her. Probably the biggest story from that one. She had the best average of the weekend for any lady. Um, I need to give a shout out to Stewie C, who is watching or potentially watching, because I bought some darts off eBay. He recognised my username, messaged me, and knocked the postage and package off. So big thanks, mate. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um. So, yeah, well, we'll open the chat room. Time to get your questions in. If we think of anything we've missed, we'll, we'll hop back on. Um, Just looking at this weekend. Yeah. Do we envisage many people dropping out? Which one's this one? MVG, this is Jenna. MVG Jenna. said he wasn't going to Jenna. There's at least one. But then is that an uh, is that is that an official before the draws made or is someone going to have a buy into the third round, which is frustrating? Uh, all I will say is Michael is quite professional, and I'm pretty sure they will already know that he's not in. Any more? We suspect. 
I would be surprised to see Johnny there. I don't know this. Anyone, anyone that has a dragon on their flag, I think, might not. <laughs> um, I, I would be, I would surprised to see Johnny there. I, I, I don't see him going. Doesn't need to. Well, actually, does he? Because of his seeding. Johnny seeded. Johnny definitely yeah. fits in that dimmy category early, though. It just needs a break. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He looks knackered. Um. Yeah. Other than that, I think it should be okay. Um. So, any CDC at the weekend? I didn't see any, to be fair. As in, because their their socials are normally very good. Didn't I? Didn't see any. Um. There might have been some so the week before, but. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Lee, I can confirm that Mr. Burton's missing dart has been found safe and well. He dropped it down the smoke machine hole. Oh, it was asked earlier, and I said go to the mode of socials, but actually knowing that we'd probably have a discussion about it or just a little bit of an announcement about it, if you do want to go and watch the Saturday nights at the Super Series... Um, what are you laughing at? Oh, sorry, I've just got... um. Just got a message off someone in the chat room, I, which, I, which I won't repeat, but I won't say who it is, but it's bloody funny. <laughs> um, you can go and watch on a Saturday night now. Um, tickets are free, but you do have to effectively pre-register for them. So go and grab yourself a free ticket um, via the yep. Dart Shop website. Uh, go to the Motor Socials and you can find that there. If you fancy a late night in Pompey on a Saturday night, Just looked absolutely mint, though, didn't it? With all the lights going for the 180s, and um, so yeah, but yeah, Mr. Burton's dart has been found safe and well. Um, any more news on the international qualifiers for Ali Pally from Robo? I know normally a lot of them happen around the September October time, don't they? Traditionally, I'm sure, there's a couple of people so, in a list, but I need to find it, so yeah, um, but. Is is Devon going to have to go back to the South African route this year? Because he's not having a good, not had a good year, is he? But he's not badly placed, is he? Just having a look. World race. 38th on the main order of merit. 60th on the Pro Tour. So he needs to find 23 grand to overtake Andy Lewis on the main. Um, so, yeah, on that one, uh, Jim says, yep, get Taylor in the Super Series. Might stop the moan about new players. Oh, absolutely, Jim. Um, people just don't get the the, the logistics. Um, but, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, buddy. Um, Will Bo play the Moda Super Series? She has been asked, Lendl. She was asked um, about the live league beforehand. And, yes, she has been asked about the... Um, super Series. Um, don't know what the answer is, but the question has been asked. Um, John, can, we just, can we have a quick the, chat about week 12, by the way? Because at the I'm minute, the main... there's only three names There's only three names in week 12, according to the commentary earlier, but two of them are Chris Mason and Paul Nicholson. <laughs> 
<laughs> Just leave it as them two, it's fine. Well, the other ones, I'd be week. Jenkins, so I dread to think what the evenings are going to be like when they got nothing else to do. <laughs> as a man who experienced an evening with Andy Jenkins in Reading this year, Never again. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm not going to say it out loud, but I'm just looking at week 12 now. Not all confirmed, but the ones that are penciled in, it looks like a good week. Also, Mace, if you are watching, sitting there commentating earlier, oh, they'll beat me, I'll be the whipping boy, blah, blah. Man's got more Tom Cross averages in the seniors than anybody else. Admittedly, <laughs> he only does that on a Friday night, so you have to hope he makes Group B. But yeah, he was the first man to hit one, and he's hit more than anybody else. <laughs> Love to fly up. Oh, but I'm no good. I'm no good anymore. <laughs> Shut it, face. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, that was that. Um, yes, uh, Daniel trying to sort out one with Matt as we speak, so that'll be good. Um, thank you very much. Dan says about the format and that being good, yeah, look, it, it's unreal. Um, Big Johnny confirms he's not going to Yenna. <laughs> um, James says, Will players not play in the Premier League? to concentrate on pro tour events. Uh, no, look, they won't turn down the... Pro well, there's one that may, um, but 99% of players won't turn down the Premier League for... 100%. But there's only one that might. No. No. Honestly, genuinely, having spoken to him, he has no intention of playing in any unranked event and he genuinely it needs it man. it doesn't matter until he's asked if he's asked a question in December January I think he still says yes I spoke to him this time sure last he, week I'm not sure he does I'm really not if he wins the world he's not playing yeah he is um, don't in the middle of a chat. Don't believe might be in the middle of confirming a guest for next week. Just in the middle of chat at the moment, whilst we're talking to you guys. Um, Do they speak with a funny accent? Anyone speaks in a funny accent to you? Can't help being educated. <laughs> <laughs> if you're the, if you're the educated one, there's a problem. <laughs> um, remember, keep, keep your questions coming in. Um, what have we got? Um, how's Nicholson? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll mic him up for you, Johnny, so he can do commentary whilst playing. Please, an exhibition week where they play Mike the Hook. Self-commentary. There are some players. Those are the days are when players. the players are pulling out their own scores. There are some players. The best players in the world. 
There are some players that I would not let near a microphone whilst they were playing because we'd be shut down and banned instantly. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Whilst we're on the subject of that, massive shout out to Charlie Corstaphine because he is only going one way. He is absolutely a top draw referee already for a young man. Like, All the referees that the live league, that the Super Series are lively use have been quality, but Charlie Corstaphine is world class. I don't think I've ever seen him make a mistake. Ridiculous level. Here we go. He's just he's just agreed. Next week on the live lounge will be the ADC Steve Brand. Woo! With his new calendar. <laughs> he can have it up behind him. He can have it up behind him on the back. Just <laughs> No, no pressure. Uh, you could have just snuck it on the wall and see if anybody noticed. <laughs> yeah, you've got wait to you've got to wait to come up with your yearly calendar and produce one to put on the back wall that we can all read. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, is William O'Connor into the World Championships? Uh, yes, Bob. The run at the weekend has put him into a provisional World Championship spot. Uh, he currently sixteenth on twenty five. Two five, not guaranteed, but, but there in is a, a spot. long way to go. That's what I was saying. That's why I said provisional spot. I didn't say he's in, he's in a provisional spot. But considering at the start of the weekend, he was miles off. Um, certainly take it. What happens uh, European Championship? We've also got Grand Prix in. To three, four weeks time. Yeah, two Euro tours left to qualify. Mm. Um, I don't like that. I think the last event before every single major should be a pro tour. Block a pro. I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't like the the Euro tour as the cutoff either. Um, but actually, in the PDC's defence, I'm going to stick up from here. When it was in Ireland, there was two Pro Tours beforehand, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so there was meant to be. And at least, and one thing we did miss out on, Phil, and at least we know the qualifying criteria before that tournament's done, because one thing we missed out on in the wheat of darts was the two World Series PDC invites were announced. Oh, yeah. Did we not do that um, last week? No, because it was announced this week. It was only announced this week, wasn't it? Was it? Or, it was only announced on Tuesday, I think. Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Slack in, you two. It was. To be fair, though, I'm actually, look, although I don't like the both picks, I like the fact <laughs> they've gone down the actual World Series route, though, and they haven't gone yeah. for... The, the obvious. I like the fact they've gone for players that have played in the World Series. I would have liked one from the Oceanic region, one from the North American re region, personally. 
I like both picks. Uh, I'm not against both picks. Obviously, they do get more opportunities. You can see why the two have been picked. They were the two best performing Oceanic representatives that weren't already qualified at that point, especially Gordon Mathers, who picked up the Kyle Anderson Memorial Trophy. It would be silly of them to not invite him after awarding him that for performance-based over three events. However, Mathers went to the qualifying event and failed. Yeah, and the fact that they got three events means that they were going to get more opportunities. I'd, I'd, I'd like to know the North, North American in there, Lowry or, or something like that, personally. No, I, I get it, and, and look, they're both great players. Why having a qualifier before it, before those three events, was stupid. There we go, it's taken an hour and 48 minutes, but it was stupid. Stupid! It just was. <laughs> How can you fail to qualify for something and then be awarded a, a spot in? Because that was a, a thing I was pretty adamant on when we looked at the players that didn't go to the qualifier. For me, if they were going to choose outside of players that have played on the World Series so far this year, it had to be players that didn't go to the qualifier. Because anybody that went to the qualifier had a chance to make the finals and failed. Yeah. yeah. And whilst Mather's performance is in Australia probably justify his invitation. When you look at the players that had already been invited from various um, performances throughout the rest of the World Series, 100% justified. The fact that he had already tried and failed annoys me. And again, it's yeah. look, some things have changed last minute across the year. We've we just spoken about the Grand Prix not having what, an event the weekend before because it's not in Ireland anymore, etc. But to host that qualifier before you're... Effectively, before your qualifying events are done, stupid. Stupid. Yeah, I didn't see this one at the weekend, right? Um, but Big Johnny says, Russ's rule book, didn't he call a foul throw against Joe Cullen? Joe gave it the old VAR go to the monitor and it was overturned. Yes. He did. And rightly so. And whilst there isn't a VAR, there was a point I saw on social media that I 100% agree with, and this probably should have happened in the past, is that every match has a second referee, and I don't think they're used enough. Well, I was about to ask, was it the second referee that overturned the foul throw then? Don't know. Because if Ross has called it... Didn't pay that much attention to me. <coughs> But, yeah, look, they're there. Things like encroachment in the exclusion zone should definitely be monitored by that second referee. <laughs> and it would players solve so many issues and problems that we've seen in the past. What? Players don't encroach, do they? Shut up. <laughs> Giggling like a child um, or You know for when it happens. I hope they all do it. It's, more, it's easier to say who doesn't do it than who does. Yeah, but if there's a second referee stopping them from doing it, or giving them warnings, or whatever. Then, um, no. Yeah. Um, yes, Dan, there is an age limit. Have to be 18 to play in the Super Series. Which means I need to wait a bit. Uh, Tommy says, should the PDC move Pro Tours to different locations? 
this has been a, a, a this has been spoken about for a while because they, they used to have them. Uh, they used to use the K two at Crawley a lot. Um, the River Mead at Reading. This is going back some, but that was used. I remember that was well, used for the no, yeah, yeah. But I'm just thinking of venues they have used. They used the um, River Mead at Reading. Um, they used to Peter rotate between four. Oh, that's before me as well. The four ones that I remember: K two, Rico. Metrodome, yeah. Robin Pat. Yeah. And as a rotation, that's a pretty decent spread. You've got as far south as you're likely to go in Crawley, Midlands-ish in Coventry, South Yorkshire in Barnsley, and Grim up there, Wigan. MK's been used a lot as well in recent years for Pro Tours, even yeah. pre-COVID. There was a lot of Pro that's Tours. That's not that old, No. Um, do I... Th- yeah, look. It, it's something that's been said uh, a lot before. Do I think they should be spread out a little bit? Yeah, I do. I think there should be something in the middle of the country, at least. So it's sort of like level for everyone. But for cost... For what I do for costing... Costing, I understand why they are where they are. Everything's cheaper up north. What I absolutely do think is the PDC should by now have a purpose-built arena. Oh, completely. We've, yeah. we've said this for years. You've, you've built a purpose-built hall in the middle of the country that you can do your snooker qualifiers in, your darts qualifiers, and you're not hiring out anything. It's purpose-built. It's there, ready to go. Yeah, as a matter of fact, if you make it... Yeah. decent enough shape. You could probably put small boxing fights in there. You could host the pool scene, which is getting a lot bigger, by the way. Nine-ball pool is getting much, much bigger. Snooker qualifiers if and when you need it. And if you've got roll-away seating on the outside and whatever else pushes in, you could have floor events in there, and you could have small something like the Masters. Sack Milton Keynes off. Put a hotel next to it. Get one of the big chains to pay for it. Go and run a deal with one of the big hotel chains. Right, you could build that next door. You give us this price for any player that plays for it. Rest of the year, you have it. Like the Hilton at St. George's Park. I like MK. What? Yeah, I'm not opposed to MK. Why? Because it's only an hour and 40 minutes from mine, and it's got a wagon on the side of the table. All about you. Correct. <laughs> As a town, it has too many roundabouts and not a lot of history. And then Nick's someone um, else's football team. The history's <laughs> got to start somewhere. Anyway, you're a Liverpool fan. Don't go on about history. Until you won the Premier League a few years ago, that's all we heard about was your history. Because it's the best history in the country. I'd be mad, be better. Uh, evening, Shorty Mac. How are we doing? Oh, God, you're in the bad books as well. He said, Steve said he can't understand you. <laughs> I didn't know it was Steve. You might have thought maybe you're inviting a Scotsman or an Irishman on. <laughs> Steve, he knew it was you all along. I'll tell you. He knew it was you. That's <laughs> very. <laughs> Get that pot out. Get that pot out. Come on, give it a whirl. <laughs> <laughs> and absolutely nothing. 
No, not vodka. I've not drank today. The state he was in last week on Wednesday was hilarious because the messages we got on our WhatsApp chat of him on Thursday was not in a good way. <laughs> you can see some Lucas like that. Though, our matches start at half eight on a Wednesday. Do you know what time we got to the pub? Five. Straight after work. Half eight in the morning. I finished work at half five. Six. six. We're at a pub at ten to six. <laughs> Need to take I, was, I was five times deep by half six. To Bob to lead. Their team walked Two county players. I throw a one three five and went. Yeah, I wasted that last start because I don't need it against you lot. You're crap. <laughs> we lost 6-2. I won my singles and I contributed the other pair. <laughs> Good work, mate. Remember, there's no there's no iron team. No, but I'm captain as well. So, you know, my shoulders are killing. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my. What are you oh mind about? Well, you know, I told you earlier how Tyson Fury had called out Anthony Joshua. Right, what's he done now? Nine minutes ago, Joshua's responded saying, I'll be ready in December. Oh, my. Yeah, but yeah, but Fury kind of had it both ways. Remember, he wanted to fight for free if it was against Joshua, but then he wanted half a billion. Well, Joshua's his ticket to half a billion because I was talking to my friends about this earlier about the significant difference in pay-per-views that each of these boxes bring in. Wilder Fury won. Wilder Fury won did seven hundred and forty-five thousand views or, or buys or something. Wilder Fury two, which is Fury's best ever pay-per-view, would rank sixth in Joshua's pay-per-views, and his fifth was Povetkin. Yeah. Uh, no way, what's the point? Because he beats AJ, money. and it's a payday in and terms of pay per view numbers and grows his market. Oh, they will both be paid an absolute king's yeah. ransom yeah. To, to fight. This one has to be um, in the UK, though. Yeah, but we all know Saudi will come along and go, Here you go, here's your billion for the site fee. Um, <coughs> has Stoke. Lost its touch as the hotbed of darts. Oh, absolutely, Tommy. It's not, not yeah. what it was. Maybe they all just need eye surgery and then they're going to be kings. <laughs> Yet to see, Dob. Yet to see. And a new product release. <laughs> um, Right, last couple then before we wrap up for tonight. What have you got for us? Um, we've probably missed some as well. Um, there was one that I saw that I quite liked that we missed. Someone said, come on, it was my apologies. Best travel 19 and travel 18 hitter in the world. Travel 18, Rob Cross. <coughs> Got to be up there. Yeah. It's hard to think of someone who does for it as much and hits it as frequently. Do you know who does it quite frequently? 
because of his poor setup play elsewhere, because he's finally learned how to switch and then hits a single 19 and realizes he's on 262 way too often. Who? James Wade. Oh, James has summed it up there completely back in the day. Dennis Priestley, no one, he was the ultimate cover on Treble 18s. That was his switch. Nineteens, Rasmus in the conversation. Going Price is in the conversation. It's scary just how good his switch is, actually. MVG as well. The amount of one three fours he hits when his first start low is low is unreal. And the other one, surprising because he hits a fair few one eighties. Damon Hetta. He effectively yeah. played uh, Michael Smith on the World Series, lost 6-5, playing on 19s. Oh, All right, John, we'll, John, we'll get you on as well. There we go. We've got, we've got, we've got Steve and John coming on next week. What can go wrong? Funny accent. I told you it was coming. <laughs> um, Steve, he said it Steve about says, you. He said it about you. Didn't say it about you, John. Uh, Steve says. Steve says we should run. We should run our own organisation. No, could you imagine. Stupid. stupid. Could you imagine? Phil can't even run a bar, and uh, it's much easier to sit here and criticise everyone else, can't I? <laughs> and and I, I'm in a I'm in a WhatsApp chat with a pair of you and. If we think hmm. the uh, communication of one brand is very slow, we won't be able to agree on anything between the three of us. Not a chance. I, actually, if we run it, I've run organisations. I used to run the National Student Organisation. That was like 350 members. I've been there used and done to. that. Used, used to. Used to. Right? So they don't, they don't remember how bad you were because they were all drunk. Yeah. What are you lying for? They love me. What you run Wait, right now is a team in the Wednesday League, Dob. That's what you run. If we do very it, can well, I pick an agent No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. And I can't throw you very far, Phil. Oh, <laughs> uh, it would be brilliant. Right, everyone, thank you very, very much for your support this evening. The last few hours have flown by. Remember, the Super Series returns tomorrow, 9.30. The Lancashire Rose, Lisa Ashton, leads the way. Will she stay there? Time will tell. I've been Phil Bars, Jack Garwood and Lee Boyce. We have been online darts. Remember, give us a follow. All social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Before you go, make sure you give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We will be back next Monday where the Euro saw in Yenna will be completed. And now we'll be joined by the Joker, John O'Shea, and the bomber, Steve Brown. See you all next week. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 